everyone. Welcome to the diagram. It's your friendly neighborhood relationship coach, Jason. We are continuing our series on life transitions. And in fact, this is part two of the previous show, which was about singleness and separation. You might ask why we need another show about it. The first one was really about what you need to do uh, when you're going through a long term of singleness or any term of separation. And this one is more about, well, it's about things that you need at any stage of life, but especially when you are going to go through a separation or you are single at either an extended amount of time or a later time of life. And I just wanted to go through those and offer support. As I've said before, this isn't just from an academic sense. I have been through separation myself. I've been divorced. I've worked back through that and been married again. And even though I'm married at this point, I still have periods where I go through what I would call singleness because my partner is unavailable in a completely healthy sense. So these tips are here for you to use to have healthy singleness or healthy separations. So first of all, People that you need is sort of more of the focus of this. And there's a couple things that you need also. First of all, you need mentors. What is a mentor? A mentor can be a parent, but most often is not a parent. A mentor is someone who is ahead of you and can add strategy for getting through the next phase that you are going through in life. So if you are single and you have friends who are somehow single and happy. They are good people to talk to and say, hey, I'm going through this and I'm having some feelings and worries and concerns. How do you get through it? What works for them may not work for you. They may not have reflected on what's working for them, but it's still worth having the conversation. There are professional mentors like myself who have at least academically learned about how to navigate life as a single or separated person. In my case, I've been both of those things so I can offer strategies. It's literally what I do for a living. But at the very least, you need to put people around you. Some of these people might not be friends. They might be people that you've seen at work. They might be people that you see at your religious organization or at your social group. If you're part of, um, if you play sports or anything like that, they might be people that you've just seen in passing. It's worth having a coffee with them and having this conversation most people overwhelmingly are willing to help and provide guidance to somebody else who's going through things that they are going through. So that's number one is mentors. Number two, therapists. You will hear people say all the time, oh, shopping's my therapy, travel's my therapy. Sorry, guys. The only thing that is therapy is therapy. Therapy and therapists focus on you understanding you. It's very important for you to understand yourself. You need to understand you and how your inner workings are impacting your experience in the world. Yes, mentors and coaches work on that also, but it is not the complete focus of what they are there for. There is some overlap between mentors and therapists sometimes, but the core focus of a therapist is to help you understand you and the, your experiences and mindsets and how they are affecting your life and then come up with a process for you improving how those things impact your life. As always, I'm keeping this short. There are whole articles on the internet about this. 
at length, but that is a very short description of therapists. You need one if you have never understood your childhood, your own definition of family, where it comes from, why you are hurt by things that people do. A therapist can help you work through all of those things. That's number two. Number three, you need community. What do I mean by community? Community is another word that I use for chosen family. We all have family that we grew up with. We didn't choose them. We sort of just get them. And some of them may fill the role that I'm about to describe for you. A chosen family or a healthy community. Note, underline, bold the word healthy. They should encourage you and support you, but they should not try to fix you or need you to fix them. We have socially this need to come into people's lives and offer solutions and fix things. Yes, I'm a coach and a mentor, so I work in this field. But when it comes to my personal life, I try to rein in my natural bent to fix people when they haven't asked me. The difference between fixing and supporting, fixing someone means looking at them and believing that they are broken, right? And even as a coach, I try not to do this because this mindset puts you in the place where, oh, that's the person's broken and I'm Bob the Builder, I am coming in to fix them. Supporting someone is helping them achieve their goals. Supporting someone is honoring what their belief systems and mindsets are, even if you don't agree with them. Well, yes, you would talk about why you disagree. And yes, if something, if you believe something is harmful, whether you are a member of community, whether you are a therapist, or whether you are a coach or mentor, you are going to tell someone your mindset is harmful for these reasons. I believe that. I believe that your way of living is something that is harmful to you and the people around you. That's still part of healthy community, but that's not fixing someone. That's still supporting them in reaching their goals and being a healthy person because everybody should have a goal to be a healthy person. So you need chosen family. Just because somebody is your blood relative does not make them chosen family. You need people who honor you and will support you while you are out here being who you are. The fourth thing you need is an understanding of yourself, which all of these things, mentors and coaches, therapists, community can help you with, but you're the one who's going to do the work. When you work with a mentor or a coach, I work with my clients, some of them two times a week, some of them are once a week. People work with therapists often, it's once a week or once a month. Um, your community, you're going to see them in and out. The bottom line is the person that you spend the most time with is you. I'm going to say it again. The person that you spend the most time with is you. The person whose voice you hear the most between sessions and meetings and dinners is your own voice. You need to understand the things that you want in your life and the things that you don't. Whether you grew up with movies or more recently you grew up looking at social media or TV shows in between and looking at families and lifestyles and the things that were portrayed to you to make people happy. As you were going along, you cherry picked the things that you wanted for yourself in your future. Even little kids, you think about sitting there watching someone drive by and going, that's my car. That's the car I'm going to have someday. 
walking through a neighborhood and saying, that's the house that I want to have someday. Well, you did the same thing looking at other people's relationship to a degree and saying, I want a partner like that. I don't want a partner like that. I want a wife or a husband like that. I want to have what they have. You didn't know the inner workings of what was really going on or if that stuff was just fake, right? Because whether we're talking about social media, movies, or other people's lives, what you saw partially was the optics that those people or the storytellers wanted you to see. You need to understand how that impacted you and the things that you want now. You, as I said yesterday, have a responsibility to future you to really think about the future that you're trying to build. And if it's something that you're going to want in 10 years. Last but not least, you need communication. You need to be able to speak to the either your partner who you're separated from or to prospects that you're meeting that you would like to make a partner. What are the things you need to be able to talk about? You need to be able to talk about your timelines, your boundaries and vulnerabilities. Boundaries are things that you're like, hey, I, I want this. Um, I really need things to be a certain way. And vulnerabilities, you'll hear people say, oh, trigger alert, this, that, and the other thing. And it's unfortunately become a common uh, joke to a degree. We all have triggers. Triggers aren't necessarily negative. They are things that make us, when A happens, we feel B. If you understand that about yourself, it is not the other person's job to manage it, but it is helpful if you are vulnerable with them and let them know, oh, when this happens, sometimes I feel like this. I know it's not your fault. It is not their fault, but I, I just want you to understand it so you don't have to wonder why I'm acting a certain way. I'll work through it. It's my responsibility to handle my triggers. Some triggers are completely um, not acceptable. There are things, obviously, that are not acceptable for people to do, and you should set boundaries with them. If people are abusive, you should leave and move on as soon as you can. I know it's not that simple, but I need to say that because I don't want to ever portray that telling people about your boundaries and vulnerabilities is that something you should do forever. So just keep that in mind. And just as importantly, and frankly, maybe more importantly, communication isn't just expressing these things to prospects and partners. Communication is you listening to prospects and partners about the things that they want. Whether you are single and you're going to end up with this prospect, or whether you are separated and you are going to not end up with your partner, the things that they want in the future if you're going to be connected to them, matter. And they also matter for you making the decision of whether you want to continue or not. So while you're telling them all the things that you want for the future, you need to be able to listen to what they want for the future so you can weigh it and decide what you are going to do down the road. Those are the things that I think you absolutely need when you're going through a separation or extended singleness. As I said yesterday, people go through singleness as mature adults because they've never been in a long-term relationship or their first long-term relationship didn't work out. Some people have never been in a long-term relationship more than a few months and they are in their 30s and this is something that is important for you. These things are important even for people who are in relationships 
who go through phases of singleness and they know you need this community around you. You need people to help you through the fact that, hey, your partner's not always going to be there. Your partner cannot be the center of your life. Um, you, If you are going through a separation and it leads to a divorce, you're going to need these things also. So these are generally things that all phases in adult life, you will need these things. And um, yeah, I hope this helps. I hope you have a good day. Thank you.